Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Last night, I dreamt I recorded this podcast. Okay. Because last night, she dreamt she went to Mandalay. Yes, she did. Again. Yeah. But I ain't going to Mandalay. No. Again. You know what I thought you were going to do? What? I thought you were going to start by saying, good evening. <laughs> I wanted to, but then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but why not? I I had the two options in my heart. Yeah. And I just, I, I went with what my gut okay. said in the moment. I think your heart was a better option than your gut. I went with what my heart, though. Yeah, but you went with your gut, you said. Did I? Yeah. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> Which anymore. body part you went with? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, How's it going? I'm here. I'm alive. Excellent. Good to hear that you're alive because it would be so weird if you were dead right now. Imagine, Imagine. I'm Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. It's you. Okay. I'm the ghost. Mita, we have a couple of things to talk about in yeah. our small talk portion. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So this weekend, I kind of had, I thought I was going to go see some movies, but then I wasn't feeling great. So I didn't go see some movies. I stayed at home. Mm -hmm. And instead, I watched, um, why are you laughing at me? I was literally going to ask you as a joke, did you have diarrhea? But you actually did. <laughs> you actually so did. I'm You can keep that <laughs> in. You can keep it in. I had, I've changed. I had a new medication recently. And one of the issues is diarrhea. Oh, and I sorry. had really bad diarrhea throughout the weekend. So I was like, I'm not going to go anywhere in case I have to go somewhere. That's fair. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. yeah. So I stayed at home. And I'm not embarrassed, guys. Poop Don't is normal. Pee. Everyone poops. Everyone poops and everybody gets diarrhea at at some some point point in time. Yeah. And so I stayed at home and I watched, I kept seeing all the pictures from the Never Have I Ever season three pink carpet. It wasn't a red carpet. It was a pink carpet. And I realized I never watched season two. I only watched season one and I loved season one. I had a very emotional reaction to it. So I was like, okay, let me see if I can get into season two. And so I finished season two and I'm like two episodes left of season three. Oh, wow. Right now, yeah. But I just want to say how much I enjoy it and how it's so... Representation does matter. It really does matter. Like, I know a lot of of the criticism from kids that watch it today, like Mm -hmm. the teens that are watching it, is like, well, why does Davey hate being Indian so much? Like, that's not real. Like, I think kids today have an easier time, have a much easier time than like you and I did when we were in high school. And so it's nice to see... Mindy Kaling show her representation through this like modern day character mm-hmm. who like maybe that's not necessarily the case for everybody now but it definitely was for a lot of people and it's just so cute and like fun and lovable and like it's adult jokes it's not just teen jokes no. and I love it yeah I, I really yeah. enjoy it I'm really glad with what Mindy Kaling did we watched season two we haven't watched season three yet we're just been busy mm-hmm. but we will watch it because it's Nice to see yourself on screen, man. Like, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And that segues actually into what I wanted to talk about. Uh-oh. Because yesterday, me and my wife went to see Lal Singh Chadda. <gasps> you saw Forrest Gump India? Yeah. <laughs> so, so for those people who don't know, Lal Singh Chadda is a Hindi movie that came out last Thursday. And it is a official adaption of Forrest Gump. Uh, and it was meant to release, like during covid and it's been pushed like two to three years because they didn't want to obviously release it during the pandemic so Mm -hmm. i don't know how much to say because we will be reviewing forrest gump probably next year probably we are we are but i I think it's probably (laughs) next year as opposed to this year but we will be watching it at some point no you don't have to look up the date it's not important okay so i will maintain my opinion a bit but i've never been a huge fan of forrest gump and i've never like loved it but And I didn't love Lal Singh Chadda, I'll be clear about that. But I did like it. I quite liked it. And like when people have asked me in the last like day, like my brother stayed at home with my kids and my mom called and I was just like, it's a really nice film. It's a really nice film. And it's been so long since I found I've seen a movie, a Hindi movie, but let alone like any movie that was just like warm. Like it's not amazing. I think Amir Khan kind of overacts in it. It has its ups and downs. The second half is kind of slow. Karina Kapoor is really good. 
But of course, overall, it's a really nice film. And I definitely was more emotional during a few key scenes than I thought I was going to be. And while watching it, I was kind of wondering, why do I, why am I preferring this to Forrest Gump? Because Forrest Gump is the original film. It's the more popular film. And I think for all intents and purposes, I'll say it's overall maybe the better made film. But this hit me differently. And I think the only thing I could really pinpoint was it's seeing yourself on screen hmm. and how much that really does influence and change your your feelings. I think it's really major. It's powerful. It's powerful. And I think for me as a viewer, watching Lal Singh Chadda and having those, you know, this is not a spoiler alert, but like people die in Lal Singh Chadda, they die in Forrest Gump. But there's a few key deaths where I was like, I got very choked up. And at the end, there were just like flat out tears. Like it was really quite moving. And I think, and I don't get that. I never get that emotional during Hollywood movies. It really only happens during Bollywood movies. When was the last time you watched Forrest Gump? It's been a while. I'll say that. Because I also think your age and now life experiences might have something to do with that as well. True. That's very fair. I'm a parent now. You have kids now. now. Yeah. You're a parent. Yeah. So, like, maybe that has something to do with it. I, I'm. Are you going to watch Forrest Gump? I, so, I'm, I'm, I'm so tempted to, but I also know we have to watch it next year. And I'm trying That's to, like, balance out if I watch it now and then have to watch it next year, is that going to taint my opinion of it next year? Or should I just watch it fresh next year? But I really do want to know how I feel about this. Yeah, you're right. It's like September 2023 that we're going to be watching Oh, wow. That's a full year. It's a full year from now. And maybe I'll get you to watch Lal Singh Chadda when we do review Forrest. When we do Forrest Gump. Do I have to wait till then? No, you don't have to. But uh, by then, you know, you have to watch it then. But you you have a year to watch it, Mita. That's true. (laughs) No, I see what you're saying there. Like, I definitely think having that representation there will definitely make an effect. I don't have the same sentiment when it comes to Bollywood movies, but also just movies in general. Like, it's been a while since, like, I've cried at a good one. Yeah. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Amor. Oh, yeah. But that was yes, a, that I, that was a I rough cried. go for me, though. Yes. <laughs> and that's filled with white people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I can see what you're saying, but I also wonder how much of it is, like, now your life experiences because they're so much different. I think Forrest Gump would mean something a lot different than it did when you were younger. So interestingly enough, my wife has never seen Forrest Gump. Oh. But she saw Lal Singh yesterday. So and did she cry? She, yeah. There's a couple of scenes, Mita, where it's like really moving. It's like really moving and the dialogue is really well written. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, it's very well performed. There's also like a couple of scenes like towards the end that are dialogue-less. And they're just supremely nicely directed. Like spoiler mm-hmm. alert. I don't know if I should say it, because it is quite a fresh movie, and we do have a pretty big Indian fan base. But most people have seen Forrest Gump. So, like, is it the, is, does the same thing happen in Forrest Gump? Some things are the same, but, like, the big plot points are the same. Oh, okay. If you want to spoil, go for it. I don't know. I don't know. Is it irresponsible? It's pretty new. It's a little irresponsible. But you can tell me off, Mike. I'll tell you off, Mike, because you also had okay. other questions that if you want answered, I can answer them. I'm not going to spoil yeah. it, but there's a couple of key scenes that are really truly moving really really moving and so but that's a very good point i wonder if watching it as a 40 year old rather than as someone i was in my teens when it came out mm-hmm. and then like that was my first opinion of it hmm, interesting but i've always found it so overwrought it's so much plotting and things and forrest gump is kind of like one-dimensional Forrest Gump is the perfect Sunday movie in that, like, you can just have it on and kind of peek through at some points. Like, if you're doing something, you just have it on in the background. Yeah. And you can just peek through and say, like, oh, yeah, Bubba Gump, sure, and Puff Money is that. Like, you have those small moments. But to, I don't know anybody that would just, like, sit down and watch Forrest Gump in its entirety and be like, yeah, let's put it on Forrest Gump. Like, that's not a thing. I will say (laughs) one thing, though, before we move on. Mm Mm-hmm. The Jenny character, her name is Rupa, played by Karina Kapoor, is much better written in this. She's better than Jenny? You don't hate Rupa. Oh, okay. 
I don't hate Jenny. No, I hate Jenny. She's very unlikable Jenny's in Forrest very Gump. misunderstood, though. Jenny had a rough childhood, Nadim. When you, you watch... You think about Jenny in that house. When you watch Lal Singh Jadda and you see what they do with Rupa's character, who has a similar upbringing, mm-hmm. and how that forms, and how she treats Lal Singh slash Forrest Gump, yeah. it's different. Okay. she's Jenny is very self-centered. Yeah. Rupa isn't. And it really changes. And as a result, everything that happens in the movie, you feel a little bit more. I think those are the also things. Like, is it the way the character's written or is it the way Karina plays it? Both. Oh. Karina plays her really well. But Karina's so good. Karina's man. great. And this is not like your typical glam sham Karina Kapoor movie, but like she plays this really nicely. I'm proud of her. Yeah. I like Karina Kapoor. But anyway. I love Karina Kapoor. <laughs> All this to say, you should see it. And Okay. I don't want to cry. I don't feel like it. Maybe not right now. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah. representation matters. And it's nice to see yourself on screen. And that's how I felt watching this week's movie. There you go. What was this week's movie, Mitha? This week's movie was the 1940 classic by Mr. Alfred Hitchcock Mm -hmm. himself. Rebecca. 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 Mitha, you want to give us an IMDb (laughs) description? Sure. (laughs) What if I was like, "Mm, no. (laughs) Be like, all Today's right, the day I decide not yeah. to do it. Okay. The descriptor for Rebecca is as follows. A self-conscious woman juggles adjusting to her new role as an aristocrat's wife and avoiding being intimidated by his first wife's spectral presence. Mm. I really like that. I was going to say, I'm like, that's a nice IMDb distro. <laughs> I, yeah. I think Alfred Hitchcock wrote yeah, that. Himself, yeah. <laughs> he got on IMDb. Yeah, he's just like, ghost. before I go, let me just write yeah. this description. Just going to get this one thing done, guys. <laughs> but that is a really, like, nice generalization of yeah. what Rebecca is yeah. without giving away some of the, like, the, the cooler aspects yeah. of this movie Key that I think points. it gets away with. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, it keeps things a mystery, which is nice because... I when was the last time you saw Rebecca? This of Rebecca, not the Army Hammer one. The last time I saw this Rebecca was last year. I oh. watched it for the, the for, no wait, sorry. During your movie, two marathon? years ago, I forgot what COVID was. Now yeah. during my big Alfred Hitchcock phase, so at the beginning of the pandemic, so oh, right, two years you did. I was thinking that I'm like, did Mita watch them like end to end? I didn't do end to end. I just at the time Crave had uploaded like a ton of them. Okay. And so I was just like, oh, okay, like, I'll yeah. watch these. Um, and I didn't do, like, a whole filmography. I would like to do that at one point, but that's, like, a lot of work. Especially <laughs> because I was really surprised, because for some reason in my head, I thought this was really early on in his career. And it's, like, dead center. Yeah. It's really He's strange. He's got a wide range, yeah. Really wide range and really long-spanning. They get really bad at the end, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of the beginning of his good <laughs> Like his. This is like, yeah, let's, like, we're getting started. This up until I think, I feel like up until the 60s is like his prime time. Well, Psycho is 60s, so it's even like after that. Vertigo's like 50s, though. Rear window, Vertigo, yeah, North by Northwest. All of that is like in that time frame. But even after Psycho, he has a couple of good ones. Yes. And if you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about (laughs) the director of this film, Mr. Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, So yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, Crave had uploaded a bunch of Alfred Hitchcock movies. And so my dad and I were just, no, this is very difficult to find. Yeah, it is. um, Because we had to watch this off of YouTube. Somebody uploaded it onto YouTube. Thank you, whoever Thank you. you. (laughs) Yeah. And at that time, too, it was something that I had to watch. And I... Yeah, seek out for because the new one was being released. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, I want to watch the original. And I'm so glad that I watched the original <laughs> before watching the new one. And so I did watch them simultaneously at that time. Like back to back. And I mean, a few days in between yeah. probably, but like not not like in one shot. Yeah. And then for this viewing as well, I, I watched the old Rebecca. And then I was like, oh, let me put on the new one again. Let me just like... Take a gander, but I probably only got through like 40 minutes of it. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'm not going to finish. I don't need to do this, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to do this to myself. But when was the last time that you had seen it? Years. I'm talking years ago. It was during that phase that I mentioned last week, during Gone with the Wind, where I talked about I was renting movies and watching them. And this mm-hmm. was just one of, I'm talking like it's been at at least at least 15 years. I've only ever seen it the one time. And then this time. 
And did you remember it? I remembered portions of it. Okay. I remembered scenes. I remembered things. I remembered Mrs. Danvers. Like, I remembered Mm -hmm. things. But what I found really remarkable was I actually didn't remember the ending. Or, like, what happens. Or, like, Rebecca's mystery and all of that. Me too. So I was... You didn't remember it? I couldn't. I you just was saw trying it, though. To, two years ago. Oh, three I was, years. I've seen true. a lot. We've seen a lot, yes. I've seen a lot in that time. Yeah. <laughs> like we've Alone, you and I yeah, have watched true. over 100 films. Yeah. So, like, I've watched a lot of movies in that time. That's fair. And I couldn't quite remember what exactly was because I also, the new one does muddle that a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, I couldn't remember, like, what exactly. But I did remember being very impressed by it. When I watched it that first time. And what were your thoughts this time? This time, still, I still think this is a very well-made movie. And there's a lot of mystery and intrigue. But what stood out to me this time was the masculinity in this film. Okay. (laughs) Some of the, yeah, some of the context of like the second Mrs. De Winter. And that's that's one thing I do love about this movie. The character has no name. She has no name. She has no identity. We don't know her. Yeah, she's the second Mrs. De Winter, or what do they call her? Mrs. In the... De Winter, and the late do Mrs. They? De Winter. Oh, okay. But they refer to her as Rebecca a lot, and I think Rebecca's that's... the first Mrs. De Winter, though. But that's what's the genius of this, because they refer to Rebecca by name, but they refer to her as nothing. Her as no nothing. She yeah. does not have a name. Yeah. Yes. What was I saying? Yes, but even that lore and like that mystery behind it was is was still very attractive to me, and like I really did enjoy watching this. Mm-hmm. But as I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh! If this, I kept saying to myself, if this was made today, if this was made today, if this was made today, and, and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> this this was made today, yeah. and. They did not change any of them. Really? <laughs> like they, I mean, he's not, the the verbiage between like Maxim and the second Mrs. De Winter isn't as rough as it is in the original. Like he calls her an idiot in this yeah, one and like a fool. He's so condescending to yeah. her. Um, and so like that's not as evident in the new one, but there's also like she doesn't have that like striking power that maybe she should be or like why are we watching a movie today where like this woman is like a handmaiden and like is yeah wa- <laughs> yeah right like it's just not it didn't feel right and when I thought about it I was like this really shouldn't be made today yes. like this is let's encapsulate this in 1940 and leave it as is because. You know, if we're going to forgive it for its time, it really is like a perfect movie. Yeah, and it really is of its time. That's the thing that while I was watching it, I didn't watch the Army Hammer version. I might throw it on like tonight and fall asleep watching it, but I'm not going to sit and spend time watching it. Because while I was watching it, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, there's no place for this to be remade. There's no reason for it to be remade. Because it's also so hard to take out. There's something about those movies that gets away with the misogyny. There's a romanticism to them, which is, yeah. like, alarming, but still comforting at the same time. Because it's the time period. Because that's just how people lived back then. In the 40s, that's how people talked. That's what people did. So it's mm-hmm. not to say that it's like, oh, I wish we were misogynist still. But it is to say when you're watching it, you're like, that is just that is just what it was. You accept it for she what it is. She is a silly girl. She is yeah. a silly little kid. Like, and that's, he calls her kid. He calls her a child a lot. Like, it, idiot. I- I- fool. Idiot. Fool. Like, it's, <laughs> a lot of that. But yeah. watching it now, I would it just wouldn't sit right. And also, like, this is a gothic, like, horror mystery. Mm-hmm. And in color, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. this is one of those movies that benefits from black and white so Being much. Black and white, yeah. And as somebody that has not enjoyed watching yes. black and white <laughs> movies for the last, like, 12 weeks, I am so glad that this one is because, because the other... The one good thing the new Rebecca has going for it is, like, the location porn mm-hmm. like the the sets are gorgeous mm-hmm. and like beautiful and i had put it on and my dad was watching it with me and he's like oh this is really nice like this, <laughs> look how beautiful this place yeah. is and i was like yeah that's not what you're supposed to be falling in love yeah. with when it comes to this specific story like you want to believe mrs de winter and maxim are falling in mm-hmm. love with each other you don't want to be like wow that beach is gorgeous yeah. like i want to go there and like that's the one good thing the new Rebecca has going for it, but it's the thing that it needs the least. Yeah. Whereas this one, because it has this just like the sepia setting, yeah. you do fall into place with these characters and what's going on. And I think, especially because they could have made this in color. Like, At the it's time, a, yeah. 
it's a choice to have it in black and white. And I think it's a really smart choice. It's also, it was, I will say, cheaper. Like Technicolor was really (laughs) expensive to do. It was not a cheap process. And so that was likely a budgetary constraint rather than a stylistic choice. But I'm... I totally agree, especially because some of the imagery in black and white, it's so riveting. It's so, like, arresting. Because Alfred Hitchcock, he really is a brilliant director. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think a lot of people get very, they get washed up in the, the psycho of it all. Like, he's this master of suspense. He's this master of mystery. Fine. And he's, he's a very good mystery filmmaker. But what he does in the way he directs his film and the way he directs a camera and what he wants you to look at and how he wants you to look at how it. How he wants the story to be told. Yes. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the sequences in this and how he wants them. And there's like a specific shot where Mrs. D- the second Mrs. DeWinter is after the costume party where she makes that costume and Miss Danvers opens the window and she's trying to cajole her into committing suicide. And... You're looking at the late, the second Mrs. DeWinter and slowly Mrs. Danvers creeps into the scene. It sounds like juicy as a scene to watch. You can't help but be scared of Mrs. Danvers yeah. too. Which if you took away like the the way he sets her up essentially, yeah. she's just a a maid. She's yeah. just like, she's just the lady, she's the housekeeper. The house, housemaid, yeah. Yeah, but he makes her so frightening. Yeah. Yeah, and so and gothic jarring. and how he does. There's just the, the scene where they're in in Rebecca's bedroom and like Mrs. Danvers catches her and she's behind the the, the veil and like slowly comes out of it. It's just the, the, the shots and how he, what he wants you to look at and what he wants you to consider. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. And of all the movies we've watched right now, he's telling the most fascinating story. And the most detailed. Yes. Yeah. Like there's a, I feel like this is the first one that we've watched that really has a sense of direction. More than anything. I think that the direction is actually the strongest part of this movie. And it's why Mm -hmm. it works. Because the movie is like tonally all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) It wants to be a bunch of things. It wants to be a bunch of things. It's like a romantic comedy at first. And then it turns into like a bit of a gothic um, drama, and then it turns into a mystery, and then it turns into a thriller, and it ends on some creepy shit. It's so I all over the place. That's his approach, though. Yeah. I don't think he likes to have just like a monotone film that's only one thing. I think he wants an audience to fall in love with Maxim and the second Mrs. De Winter, and like follow them along as they go on this journey together. And oh, they're gonna live in this like grand house, but like oh wait, the house is creepy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like oh wait, no, it's actually like a murder mystery. Did he kill her? Didn't he? Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. Did he kill her? <laughs> Didn't he kill her? Oh, but wait, there's a trial. Yeah. There's a trial in it. And then at the end, it's really a woman dies in the house. And because she is the house. She, she is, is the house and she is Rebecca. Or is she? Mm. Who is Rebecca? That That's the other thing I love about this movie. That And I think it, I've never read the book, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. the book is the same way. You have this titular character. You never see her. Yeah. You don't know who she is. And so you as the audience member are building her up in your mind of like, she's probably like this just gorgeous woman in this like robe with a bunch of like feather boas yeah. and stuff. Like I imagine her as like a rich divorcee. And you never see her. You never see her. But I think somebody else would imagine her differently than I do probably. Absolutely. And I think what really works about this film is how that at the crux of where the story kind of changes and you start to hear a different side of Rebecca how you start to, as an audience member, view Rebecca and your head changes. And that's Mm -hmm. amazing. Like how you're viewing her initially as this like ethereal beauty who was the lady of the house and, you know, very probably... Hosted grand parties. Grand parties. She was regal and she was put together and she had this gorgeous bedroom and wore these gorgeous clothes and she was popular. And then in an instant, she suddenly becomes a, you know, a conniving bitch. And how that resets the the physical image of her and how you see Rebecca, that's really that's really fun to experience. However. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, spaghetti. I'm gonna get to this question a little earlier. Because hmm. I I enjoyed this and I enjoyed yeah. it quite a bit. And I knew I was going to because Alfred Hitchcock. 
who I'd like to talk about later. But one question I really had watching this was, why did this win Best Picture? Let's take a look at what else was nominated. All This in Heaven too. Yeah, of course. Foreign Correspondent, Kitty Foyle, Our Town, The Great Dictator, The Long Voyage Home, The Letter, The Grapes of Wrath, and The Philadelphia Story. There's definitely more known names on this list. I feel like this, though, is so different from the rest of these. The rest of these feel like just by, I mean, I don't know them because I haven't seen any of them, Mm. (laughs) but they feel like Americana cinema. They feel like, I mean, we're in the 40s here, but it feels like 1950s to me for some reason, like the titles and like when I'm looking at the posters. Mm -hmm. Rebecca feels so foreign to the rest of them and like feels very European, which it's Alfred Hitchcock, so it's going to be. And like, I think maybe audiences wanted something a little bit more suspenseful and wanted and like the the voters this year got that from this and got something completely different. Because when I'm looking at it, it feels different to me. But when, so last week when we watched Gone with the Wind, you said Mm -hmm. that this would be, Gone with the Wind would be the movie you gauge the rest of the movies going forward. Gone Mm -hmm. with the Wind has this epicness, it has this presence, it has, it feels like a best picture winner. Does this? This doesn't feel like an epic film to me, but I also think it would be a poor film if it, if he tried that. Mm -hmm. If he put this in color, if he really emphasized costume and set design he does that in a much subtler way in a way that like i'm not watching it just in awe of the house i'm watching it to see like what's going on with this house is like is rebecca a ghost is the ghost going to appear like what's going on here he has a really good job at encompassing things to kind of all meld together as opposed to being like these separate entities and i think I think in terms of like mystery and like noir, like this is a very epic film in that. Mm-hmm. Epic doesn't necessarily mean it does have to have these grand mm-hmm. gestures though. Like this one really thrives in its subtlety. And so like I do feel like it is worthy. That being said, I haven't seen anything else. any of the yeah. other ones, but I do feel like it's worthy. Do you think though that our perception of what best picture should be is molded by more recent fare, let's say? So you have things like The English Patient or Forrest Gump or, you know, Schindler's List or Amadeus. You have all these kind of like big grander movies winning Best Picture. And over the lifetime of the Academy, has that been something that has evolved to be that way? And at the time when it started off in, what is this, year 12, 13? Mm -hmm. They were just picking the movie they liked the most. There was no notion of what Best Picture should be. And this, in many ways, and maybe everything else we have watched, is really the most unadulterated version of what the best picture was, what people just flat out enjoyed, versus what they thought should be, what has the best story, what has the best marketing, what has the best PR behind it, what has the best presence as a best picture winner, and they just picked the movie that they liked the best. I kind of like this better then. Of course. I think and that's, that what, that's I'm what it should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is what it should be then, right? Should because be. this isn't Lawrence of Arabia. This isn't like Ben Hur. Ben Hur. It isn't those. It isn't even Gone with the Wind. This is a small gothic drama. It's the parasite of its time. Maybe it's the parasite of its time, but it's, you know, parasite winning was such a big deal. For other reasons, though. Uh, yeah, like, I think the culture and the country and the language was a big deal. That was a big it. deal. Yeah. But I think if you look at Parasite on its own as a movie, again, it's not this like epic film. Like I'm trying to remember what else was nominated that year. I can't even think because Parasite was Parasite just... was Parasite. Parasite, yeah. yeah. I actually don't remember. It was nominated in 2019. It was weeks before the pandemic hit. Ford versus Ferrari, <laughs> The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women... Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 1917 was the other frontrunner. Yep, and it was the and big like epic that, movie. That is the big epic movie. Yeah. And like, quite honestly, I I fell asleep in 1917. I didn't fall <laughs> like, asleep, but it was definitely no parasite. No, it, it's not, you know, the smaller film that has more substance to it. Yeah. I think 1917, while it's like a very well-made movie, it's just another war movie. Like, I'm, I didn't learn anything from it i didn't take away anything i wasn't moved by Mm. any of the film whereas like parasite was something so completely different than i'd ever seen before it feels like the deserving winner i like i love that this that rebecca won this year because i feel like 
it was meant to be. Yeah. I it should I be. find it very interesting. I just find the whole notion of what we what we kind of went into this project thinking best picture should look like and then coming across a movie like this that we both have seen and then on watching it a second time still both really like but to me when i watch it it doesn't feel like like best picture do i think it deserves it yes but do i when i look at it is it my gut to be like oh yeah this definitely was the best picture winner that year Oh, I can see that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have that epic feeling. No. But that does not mean it's not deserving. Not at all. I went down a Alfred Hitchcock rabbit hole because oh. of this. Tell and me more. I just forget how much I love Alfred. He's so good. He's so good. And I, I watched like a couple of behind the scenes of like Psycho and how all of that was done. And I think this is the only film of his. He won. He had a couple of other Best Director noms. I think he got one for Rear Window, one for Psycho. I don't know if any of his other movies were nominated for Best Picture or anything. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. This is a very talented man who was not appreciated. But this, this is, this is, it, this brings me to something I thought about while watching this is that Alfred Hitchcock made all these mi- great mysteries, like great mysteries and, you know, suspense movies. But could something like Rebecca win today? It depends on who's directing it. Because, like, I hear you're saying, like, he never got the recognition from the Academy that he might have should, that he should have gotten. Mm -hmm. But he's still Alfred Hitchcock. Like, you say the name, people know the name. He's not some, like, random director that did a bunch of movies that were, like, really great, but nobody really remembers who directed them. Like, there is substance to that name. People, when you hear it, you're like, oh, then it might, it must be a good film. But I think that's retrospectively right. I don't think when Rebecca came out, Alfred Hitchcock had the notoriety that he did. He had all these movies, but this is, this is known as probably his most first famous film. Yeah. So he didn't have that kind of, again, that notoriety. So, and I don't even think the name matters. I'm saying if Rebecca, with its quality, was made today as a, again, a gothic drama, a, a murder mystery, like, thriller movie, would it win Best Picture? Today, it would entirely depend on the campaign behind it. You think this would have stand a chance? If it had a really good campaign. Can if you it name was released me something during... even close? Hmm? Can you name something even close to, like, this? That has that came close to winning Best Picture. I mean, it depends on what else is out. Because, like, if you asked me this, I'm not saying this movie is comparable to Rebecca, but like, if you asked me when I first saw the trailer for Promising Young Woman, mm-hmm. was Promising Young Woman going to be nominated for an Oscar? And I would have told you no. But it came out. I mean, the year yes, itself that it I came was out was say. a big factor in that. They pushed it up. They pushed it, and then the rules changed, so it did get to be a part yeah. of being an Oscar-nominated film. And then, like, because it was the year of 2020, it kept going. And, like, it was very close. And Emerald Fennel won an Oscar. So I think it is entirely possible. It's just, it's so much about the game now. It's not about what's worthy. Yeah, I think the game is definitely a big part of it. And that sucks because it shouldn't be about the game. But... I think, like, when I... I'm just doing a quick scroll of, like, Best Picture winners recently. The only thing that really sticks out in terms of, like, wow, this doesn't fit in here are movies like Black Panther. And Black Panther 1 was nominated because of, like, the Black Pantherness of it all. But something like Mad Max Fury Road, for instance, that was this, like, undeniable action movie that is atypically Best Picture material, like, mm-hmm. all of those things. But, again, it was just so good it was hard to ignore. I just don't know if this would get nominated. I'm trying to think of a really good thriller that has come out. Like something like Hereditary, let's say. Hereditary oh. was a great horror movie. Will stand yeah. the test of time. Yeah. But but it's in that, that bucket of horror. Yeah. Or like if you think about something like Get Out. Like Get Out could easily yeah. have been nominated if they accepted horror films. Did I think Get Out did get nominated. For Best Picture? Yeah, it did. It did? Yeah. Oh, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> but Get Out was a message movie. I think the person making this today would make this a message movie. Oh, though. God. That's also the really hard part to hard pill to swallow when you watch older oh. movies. It's like, if this was made today, somebody's going to make some sort of... That sucks, Mita. <laughs> I, I don't know, want to message all the time. Like, 
it's fine the way it is. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't need to be. I, and even though I just said that, like, I learned something from Parasite, I do kind of learn. I mean, I learned something from my perspective today as a woman of like, okay, like, thank God people don't talk to us like that anymore. No, but like, the movie is literally just trying to be entertaining. Yeah. I think that's another part of the, like, the, the, the disconnect I'm having with the fact that this one best picture at a time when there was no notion of what best picture would be and would that still translate to now? And I don't think it would. It is crazy to me. It, it wins after something like Gone with the Wind, though. Yes. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. After you have this big epic film, yeah. you would think that, okay, like now we're just going to get epic film after epic film yeah. after epic film. But no, we're going to give you a thriller. Exactly. And I think I kind of, mm-hmm. but I think based on, I think Alfred Hitchcock is this great director and people always remark on the fact that he never won an Academy Award and Rebecca is the only film he made that ever did. I just don't see Alfred Hitchcock winning at all based on the types of movies he did based on like, he made these great films, these great mysteries, these great stories, but like, they're also just, that's all they are. And even ones that aren't like, in that thriller or well, even in like the horror genre, I guess, like I think people really think about Psycho being one of his greatest. But like, if you think about things like To Catch a Thief, like that is a great film. It's a romp. And like easily could have probably based off what we've been seeing so far that easily could be nominated for Best Picture and have won. I also think though that something like Psycho, for instance, wasn't nominated for Best Picture did get a nomination for Best Director. Something like Psycho is also so pinpoint directed. You know it's a Hitchcock film. You know it's a Hitchcock film, but it's also directed by someone who is, again, so in control of their craft and so in control of directing a story. They they are trying to get you, he's trying to get you to look at certain things and pay attention to things and watch. And he's, he's changing how you think about something. And it's just, it's really marvelous. But he doesn't win for Psycho. And that is truly like, that's a travesty, really. What does win that year? The Apartment. Uh, oh. oh. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. When we get to The Apartment, exactly. But that's the, that, that's the one that won Best Picture that year, and it won Best Director mm. as well. So if you want to compare something like The Apartment, which I enjoyed more than you, yeah. to something like Psycho, I just find I think it's, it's... Psycho has more storytelling. Yeah. There's more of an art to it. There is an art to Psycho. Yeah. That's not an easy movie to make. And there's an art to this. There's an art to this. Yeah. Do you have sequel prequel ideas? <laughs> <laughs> Do I? Who, who the fuck is Rebecca now? <laughs> That's what the movie would be yeah. called. <laughs> I actually know. I don't want to know who Rebecca mm-hmm. is because I like that lore. I want to know about Mrs. Danvers. Yeah, she's Where interesting. did she come from? Where is this attachment to the home? Like, why? Like, I need to know her story. So if somebody wants to make a miniseries called Danvers, yeah. <laughs> I would I would watch that in a heartbeat because um, I think that would be really interesting. The theory is that she's a closet lesbian. Yeah. Oh, she she was into she Rebecca. Was into Rebecca. And I think Rebecca let her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that happened. Enjoy yeah. that. I think it's yeah. like the original Carol. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. Right? That's true. Yeah. But Danvers would be a really interesting one for me. I don't really care what happens to... Maxim and the second Mrs. DeWinters, but I would like to know her name. Yeah, just I just <laughs> I think that that's important. Just just an announcement. By the way, just her think, name is Emily. Yeah, I would, but if I did have Danvers, I was trying to think who is going to take over this Hitchcockian film. Like, yeah. who would be able to like do it justice? And I did think that wouldn't it be cool if David Fincher did. Uh... He loves Hitchcock. I'd love to see someone like Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro do it, though. No, he'd make her into like a monster. No. <laughs> I think I'd love to see his sentiment, like his his kind of monster sentiment transfer to something like this. Something smaller, something more subtle. Mm. Oh my God, could you imagine like Denis doing this? Oh, Denis does have an interesting female perspective. He does. He does. Actually, well, now that I said it out loud, why am I forgetting her last name? Karen... Kusama. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. Sure. You like her more than I do. I really like Karen Kusama. Yeah. Everybody go watch Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Do you want to go into your rating? 
Yeah. And do you think it deserved Best Picture or not? Yes. Okay. okay. So to start, yes, I think this deserved to win yeah. Best Picture for all the things that I just said a few minutes yeah. ago. Um, but, you know, it's really, from the movies that we've watched already, like this is very different. This is the first time that I feel like I'm watching a true film. Mm-hmm. Like I know we've kind of said it before, but this is really just very artful mm-hmm. and you're not going to get anything different from alfred hitchcock even his bad movies have something yeah. to them and i was looking at that filmography and this is like fairly like he was making a lot of things before but they're not like well-known things like i don't think people like maybe sabotage is the the one thing that people probably would have been able notorious like notorious oh. with ingrid bergman notorious is after is it i thought notorious notorious was is in 46 oh wow yeah okay so before this, I think maybe The Lady Vanishes, mm-hmm. Young and Innocent, and Sabotage are like yeah. the three that people would know by title. But he, you know, he had been directing films since the 20s. So at this point, he's like 20 years into his career. Yeah. And he pulls out a banger. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty impressive to see that. And it's something not like anything that we had watched so far in this whole list. And I don't think there are very many films that are like this before. And there aren't very many that are like this after. And I think that really says something about a film. Going into it, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much because I knew the ending. Mm-hmm. And like part of this film, the appeal is like the sort of the mystery behind it of like what's going to happen. But also like what kind of film am I watching? But I did take in so much more this time because I kind of understood where we were going Mm -hmm. and I could really appreciate what was being told to me um, and sort of the different misdirections we were given and like the way that Alfred Hitchcock lets his audiences discover things for themselves like he's never spoon feeding people he never makes anybody feel stupid which I really love and admire about his movies Mm -hmm. and this time I took away a lot more of the misogyny that's visible Mm -hmm which I can't help but do because I'm on TikTok all the time and that's all that's being pointed out to me. <laughs> but but I will say watching it, I was like, I don't care. This is still good. He just called her a fool. Oh, well. She kind of is dumb. <laughs> she is kind of stupid. Like, she should know better. She really shouldn't have broken that thing. Or like, don't, if you break something, own up to it. Yeah, you know? right then. Like, that still bugs me. Yeah. She, everyone's like all protective of her, but it's like, she broke it. Yeah. She should buy it. But even with those, you know, misogynistic viewpoints that are like very evident, you can't help but like kind of fall in love with this movie and be taken away with it and like want to know what's happening next. And there's all these like little characters that pop up as well. And even they're small parts, but they play such a large role in the story. And like it's told so well. And I really, really did just enjoy myself. And so I'm going to give it four stars. Ooh, me I really do love it's because it's Alfred. It's a thriller. Mm -hmm. There's mystery to it. I always want to solve a mystery. And like this one, I actually found myself like trying to solve it again, even though I knew the answer. Yeah. And I think that's a really, even if you've seen, like, it's like Knives Out for me. I've seen Knives Out 20 times, right? But every time I watch it, I want to know yeah. what's how does how do we figure this out? I'm gonna look for different clues and like I'm gonna solve the mystery even though I know the answer. And I think that's that's proof of a really well made film. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I'm glad this yeah. worked because mm-hmm. I hated it. No, I didn't hate this. I did not hate this. I quite enjoyed it. I actually, unlike you, didn't remember everything. So I remembered up until. I think it must must have been the fireworks. Like I remember the ball and I remember the 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 dress and all of that drama, but I don't remember the mystery after. So I was just like, wait, did he do it? How are they going to find out? Is he going to go to jail? Like what's going to happen at the end? And as as I was watching it things started to come back, but they were like it was like I was watching something and then remembering it at the same time. So like I was like, oh, I've seen this. So it was the perfect way to remember something. Like, I, I didn't mm. feel like I was remembering it right before the reveal. I felt like it was still fresh. Like, when they go to the doctor's office and, like, I'm experiencing it the same way the characters are. And that was really fun. And that was, I think, the mark of a really good mystery for me that I was hooked. I was totally vested into it. And I love, the one thing I love about old movies is that the story goes right till the end. 
Like, there is action right up until the last second on that screen. Yeah. Like, something is about to happen. So there's, like, five minutes left in the movie, and I'm like, something is going to happen. And it does. The house burns down. And it's... Some movies, it's kind of annoying, because I'm like, like, you should be able to wrap this up quicker. In this, though, I'm like, where's that last twist? What's the last thing going to be? And it was fun to really enjoy. I will say... I did find this a little, the tonal shifts were really kind of jarring, and I do find it a little long. I don't think it needs to be as long as it is. I find the beginning portions especially, like it takes a while, it takes almost an hour to get really into the story, which was a long time. And I think we could have done a little bit of tightening. That said though, this is, it's an excellent film. I really, really enjoyed it. I really had a good time watching it. It's not my favorite Alfred Hitchcock. And I don't think we'll I get to mention him again, but that's Rear Window for me. It's my favorite Alfred Hitchcock. Rear Window, Rope. Rope is mine. Rope is really good. I do love Psycho. Vertigo. Vertigo. Like he has so many. And this is just mm-hmm. one of. But I don't have the same like visceral reaction that I have to those. But it's it's classic. It's great. I do think ultimately it deserves Best Picture. And I'm glad it won Best Picture because at least we have this in the like history of the Academy that something like this won and that we can reference back to and hope to that something that was just purely entertaining and purely interesting won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. It was just a good, well-made film. That's all it took. And that's really, I think, encouraging that we can kind of get back to that. And it doesn't have to be like, boring things like Green Book and Coda winning for the sake of winning. <laughs> so for all those reasons, I am just going to give it three and a half stars. Three and a half. Okay. We're going to have to watch Green Book and Coda. Yeah, both of those. And Crash. <laughs> yeah. There's some garbage we have to watch. Do we have to watch A Beautiful Mind? No. Yes, we do. Oh, no. We have to watch Gladiator. <laughs> Oh, American no. Beauty. Like, there's some schlock. I watched that American Beauty so... during the pandemic, and I was just like, what is this? Why did we, like, why was this so admired? Why was it so admired? It's so pretentious. I remember the first time I watched it was, when, like, years later when I was in high school. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? Yeah, it's <laughs> so ridiculous. Trash. It's literally trash floating yeah. in the air. <laughs> but anyways, which I will say, it makes me admire something like Rebecca so much more. Yeah. Because it's such an earnest, it's just a nice film. It's simple. It's simple, too. yeah. It, it is complex, but it's simple. Like, it's just, his movies are so hard to describe, and that's what's so exciting about them. It's because within themselves, they're complex, but they're not trying to be anything other than a good mystery. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's sitting there, he's like, how can I make this a good mystery? That's his goal every time he makes a film. And he knows how to do it. And he it. knows how to do it. He cranks it out, yeah. baby. Rebecca. He kills the main character within the first, like, 20 not minutes. in this movie, in another in movie, guys. Psycho. But <laughs> it's like, it's like 40 minutes. People have seen it. Psycho. People should know. <laughs> I also wish, and I know, like, we should get going. I wish I could go back to 1960 and watch and Psycho. See Psycho in the movie oh, theater. Oh, my God. God, what I would do to do that. The. I, yeah, that would be so exciting. You can't, you can't experience that shit anymore. Like, no. Parasite was the closest, and it just wasn't the same. Um, I had that experience. with. I had no idea what I was getting no, into. No, but you had no idea, and it was exhilarating to watch. But, like, imagine the audience reaction when that shower scene happened. I think I would have screamed. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> Anyways. Don't kill Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. <laughs> Mita, I hear you have, uh, you want to um, say something yes. about last week's game. <clears throat> I, yes. So last week's game, I don't know. I was not with it. And I couldn't figure it out. And then literally the second we got off the call, yeah. I figured it out. <laughs> so I I would like to just redeem myself sure. in this moment and link the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants to The Exorcist. Yes. And I will do so right now. Blake Lively is in The Age of Adeline with Ellen Burstyn, who is in <laughs> The Exorcist. And there you have that it. that simple. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part, though, is that I mentioned the age of Adeline in, in the conversation. The yeah. In the conversation. And like, I could not put two and two together. So there's that. <laughs> but Mita, what are you having me connect this week? 
This week, Nadim, you are going to be connecting The Exorcist hmm. to the 2001 Christmas movie extravaganza, Love Actually. Okay. <laughs> there is a way to do it? I'm sure there is. There's a way to do it, and there's a will, and you have it, and I'm going to start your timer now. See, here's the problem with The Exorcist. I don't know the movies of Linda Blair or the father who plays, the, the actor who plays Father Karras. Alan Burstyn and Max von Sydow are actors. And... <laughs> <laughs> you heard 20 seconds Max now. von Sydow was in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close with... Tom Hanks, who was in Saving Mr. Banks with Emma Thompson in Love Actually. Okay. That's a way to do it. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. You also could have done in that one. Oh, wait. Is Extremely Loud. That's Is that Sandra Bullock or is it Julia Roberts? It's Sandra Bullock. Okay. What's the one with Julia Roberts that I'm thinking about? Where like Wonder? the kid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that works. Then, well, I, and then you could also have done Sandra Bullock as in. Um, two weeks notice with Hugh Grant and Hugh Grant. So yes, there you actually, go. Yeah. There's multiple ways. Love Actually is actually a really easy one to get give you. There's a would lot you like of to know, people in there. Would you like to know how I did yes, it? Yes, please tell me. Linda Blair is in The Exorcist. Linda Blair has a nice little cameo in the 1996 film Scream. Yes, that she does. Yes. Not, did you think I, I was going to say Actually? Love I was just like, where? When? No. She has a cameo in Scream, yeah. which starred Nev Campbell. Mm-hmm. Who was in Wild Things with Denise Richards, who is in Love yeah. Actually. That's And that's the same amount of degrees. Things, yeah. I just liked it because it involved Wild... I was originally going to make you connect it to Wild Things. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a little... Which I, I think you would have had a harder time yeah. with, but I was nice Thank and you. gave you Love Actually. I appreciate that. I did make it work. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm proud of myself because I was on a bit of a losing, <laughs> losing streak for a while. There you go. But I've Maybe I'll myself. redeem myself next week. You probably will. Probably not. Because okay. next week we are watching... <laughs> How Green Was My Valley! The movie that beat out Citizen Kane for Best Picture. <laughs> Title alone. Title alone. Out. How, green yeah. was, it's like, How Green Was Your Valley? I don't know. I, I'm going to find out we're next gonna week. We're going to find out next week. So yes, that's what we're watching next week. How Green Was My Valley. Mm-hmm. Mita, do you have any parting words for tonight? I do. I am Mrs. De Winters now. I think it's just De Winter. I am Mrs. De Winter now. Yeah. <laughs> she's the, Is it not Winters? She's the original captain. She's the captain she's now. She's the captain now. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Danvers. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for How Green Was My Valley. It's probably the comedy <laughs> I'm, I think it's going to be. Is it a comedy? It's not at all. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's like about the Irish famine or something. Oh, God, no. (laughs) Have a lovely week, folks. You too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs>